0: Welcome to Southgate Vibes, a selection of the latest stories direct from Southgate Amateur Radio News. I'm Steve Richards, Gulf 4 Hotel Papa Echo. You're going to hear my personal picks of what is happening in amateur radio and the wider world of communications. Whether you're just starting out in ham radio or an experienced operator spinning around the spectrum for those rare and sometimes strange signals... I hope you'll find something to entertain you here. Welcome to Southgate Vibes. In the ocean of podcasts, I'm glad that you found our modest pedal boat, known as Her Majesty's Ship, Southgate Vibes. You keep bailing out the water, and I'll recount a few amusing tales from the world of radio. This is podcast number 186, and I think you'll enjoy the items we have for you. I say radio, but of course we love to broaden our search for what's new by looking around at other related places such as broadcasting and new developments in communications. This time, I think we've been fairly traditional. So when you finish that bailing, sit back, examine the stars above, and let me entertain you with this episode's stories. An annual event that is hard to miss on the amateur radio bands involves special operations from lighthouses and lightships, and this is a truly international event and has become one of the biggest and most popular events in the calendar. Lighthouses are, of course, often located in remote and difficult-to-reach locations around the coasts and islands of a nation, and one can only marvel at the engineering skill that was necessary to build them. Intrepid radio amateur teams will be heading to these locations shortly, erecting antennas and blitzing the airwaves with some big signals. This coming weekend, the 20th and 21st of August, is a great opportunity to chat to a lighthouse or lightship and work some rare DX. There'll be around 500 lighthouses and lightships on the air in over 40 countries. Germany has registered 70 stations, the USA 41... Australia, 38, and the UK, 19. Some smaller countries with one entry are the Canary Islands, Cyprus, Gibraltar, Iceland, Latvia, and Malta. The International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend, ILLW, came into being in 1998 as the Scottish Northern Lights Award, run by the Air Amateur Radio Group. The whole history of this event can be found at their website, illw.net. It is one of the most popular international amateur radio events in existence, probably because there are very few rules and it's not the usual contest type of event. It is also free and there are no prizes for contacting large numbers of other stations. There's little doubt that the month of August has become Lighthouse Month, due largely to the popularity and growth of the ILLW. As this will be the 25th anniversary of the event, one Indian supporter has organised a set of first-day cover postage stamps to be printed. After the event, there will also be a 25th anniversary certificate available for download from the ILLW website for those who would like to have a record of their participation in the event. It's interesting to note that some stations have taken part in the event every year, some with the same call sign and some at the same lighthouse. It is the support of amateurs globally that has grown this event into what it has become, one of the most popular events in the amateur radio calendar. John Cunliffe, Golf 6 Lima November Victor, chair of the Humber Fortress Amateur Radio Club, tells us that the club is proud to have been invited back to Spurn Point Lighthouse by the Yorkshire Wildlife Trust for the 25th International Lighthouse on the Air event on Saturday the 20th of August and Sunday the 21st of August 2022. This is a very special place to operate from. Dark skies, low electrical interference, with salt water only a dozen yards away on two sides. The estimated first transmission from the station should be at 10.30 hours UTC on the Saturday. Listen out for their special call, Golf Bravo 2 Sierra Lima on the airwaves. The operation is from the Little Works Locator Square of Juliet Oscar 03 Bravo November. That equates to Work tool Britain Square Tango Alpha 4-1. Full details of this operation can be found at www.hfdxarc.com. Radio microphones are very useful in broadcasting and at events because they allow the user to wander at will so long as they stay in range of the receiver. Just like all other users of the radio spectrum, radio mics need to be properly licensed to operate within frequency bands which have been allocated specifically to their purpose. The whole spectrum is allocated in this way, so that users do not cause interference to each other. But from time to time, we hear stories about rogue manufacturers who, for some difficult to understand reason, produce radio-emitting devices that do not comply with these common-sense rules. Over in the United States, it seems that one manufacturer has been getting away with selling radio microphones that operate at too high a power output and in the wrong part of the spectrum. The American regulator has just handed the company a huge fine. In Brooklyn, New York, a marketer of wireless microphones has been fined nearly $700,000 by the US Federal Communications Commission for what the regulating agency said is a decade-long practice of selling these devices which are not RF compliant. The FCC said that 32 models of microphone sold by the company Sound Around failed to comply with FCC requirements governing emissions power and use of the spectrum, rules that protect against harmful interference to other spectrum users. The FCC has rejected the business's assertion that the large amount of the proposed fine was too high, that a decade of warnings and notices sent by the FCC was insufficient notice, and that photos on the company's marketing websites did not provide proof that the items were actually available for purchase. According to a press release from the FCC, the US Department of Justice will be given the case to handle if Sound Around fails to pay the fine. You're listening to Southgate Vibes with me, Steve, G4 Hotel Papa Echo. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a comment or a question, pop us over an email. Our address is vibes at southgatearc.org. That's vibes at southgatearc.org. You never know, we might feature your message in a future edition. There are good populations of radio amateurs in most countries, but when you start to look at the remoter corners of our planet, this becomes less so many of the smaller island nations have few or no radio amateurs at all. Starting up ham radio interest from zero is a daunting task, especially as a lot of these island nations are extremely poor and could not hope to afford expensive amateur radio gear, and in some places they have no access to power sources that the equipment requires. A New Zealand radio amateur who works in these distant lands is trying to find ways to introduce amateur radio to the communities but he needs your help on the go get funding website Roly Zulu Lima one Bravo Quebec Delta describes his aim of getting new people licensed as amateur radio operators in the many nations in the Pacific region that currently have few or no radio amateurs Roly does a lot of traveling throughout the Pacific Islands fixing and maintaining FM broadcast stations A lot of them are mission-type stations, but there are a fair number of commercial stations in the mix as well. When he's at an island location, he also operates as a one-man de-expedition in his spare time, of which he says there is an abundance. To date, he's activated 28 countries over 35 de-expeditions. It has long been Rowley's ambition to train up one or two indigenous people in the countries he visits and to try to get them through exams to achieve a ham radio licence. In many of the island locations, these individuals would be the first and only indigenous people to hold a ham radio licence. As an example, Rowley described a guy called Isaac who lives in Papua New Guinea. Isaac is almost at the stage of being able to get a licence. He is typical of the challenges involved in Rowley's project. Isaac heard on the local mission radio that help was needed at the station, so he walked from his very remote village about 25 miles away to the station, dressed in his best loincloth and carrying his sharpest machete, ready to help out. Well, Isaac was not really what the station was looking for in an announcer, but they said he could stay on at the compound and look after the property. So he cut the grass with his machete and kept the grounds looking beautiful. As time went on, the station receptionist decided she simply couldn't turn up to work one day. So when the phone started ringing, Isaac answered it and simply mimicked what he'd heard the receptionist saying. As time went by, the main on-air announcer also decided to go bush. So Isaac sat down in front of the mic and started speaking, as he'd observed over several months. He did this from 6am to midnight every day for about three months until Rowley turned up and found out that the transmitter had been turned off the whole time. So poor Isaac had been speaking only to himself through the mixing desk into his headphones. Isaac had only a very rudimentary primary school education, but he was a quick good learner and very capable. He had been invaluable in keeping two one-kilowatt FM stations on the air, he on one end and Roly on the other end of video links, sorting things out. Isaac is one of the guys that Roly is training up for the ham radio licence, and he's just about there. So how can you help? Roly is currently fundraising to get Isaac an IC7300 amateur radio transceiver. The guys have already installed antennas, a DX Commander Classic, and a selection of dipoles slung up into the coconut trees. Isaac currently has a small Sony receiver and listens in to the handbands, getting used to the procedures and the jargon. This Papua New Guinea project is the first test run for projects in other places around the Pacific. Rowley says that the Solomon Islands is next on his list. None of the local indigenous population would ever in a million years be able to afford the likes of an IC7300 when they are subsistence living and earn only cents per hour. So Rowley is seeking to raise at least $5,000 to get his first project underway. He needs to arrange a small solar power system capable of running the ham radio station. And then there is the high cost of freight to deal with. Roly Zulu Lima One, Bravo, Quebec Delta, says that if you would like to donate, go to gogetfunding.com forward slash ham radio for Papua New Guinea. And that's all hyphenated ham radio for Papua New Guinea. Well, that's it for this time. You've been listening to Southgate Vibes, stories about amateur radio and the world of communications from Southgate Amateur Radio News. You can find these stories and many more daily reports at our website, southgatearc.org. Don't forget, we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch by sending an email to vibes at southgatearc.org. So until next time, this is Steve Richards, G4 Hotel Papa Echo, signing off and wishing you best 7-3.